0: Good morning. Good to see you guys today. I'm uh, excited to be back, and not that I was gone last week, but it was it was nice to have uh, Pastor Don Patterson here last week and share with with us about what what are we uh, what is our intent and what are we uh, in, what are influencing us. Uh, we've been going through a sermon series called "Hope Is Here." This going through the first letter of First Peter. Or, 1st Peter. And and we've been looking at how Peter wrote to the believers about hope and that our hope is in Jesus Christ. The message today, we're looking at something called mind over matter. And and the mind is a very interesting thing. It's it's fascinating. Our minds are so are made so perfectly how God designed our mind in fact i don 't know how many of you guys have heard of the placebo effect it's pretty, i think it 's pretty common you don 't have to raise your hands, but our minds can tell our bodies that we think we're being we think we 're taking a medicine and it actually helps our bodies feel better, even though the medicine isn 't is just kind of a a placebo. It's a fake medicine. So uh, there's been a lot of research that someone can take a medicine that's that's supposed to help their body, and someone else can take this placebo medicine. This this essentially, you know, sugar or water, pretty much nothing that's going to help. Um, maybe a little sugar helps a little bit, but <laughs> but so but this the idea is that people don't know if they're taking the medicine or not but their brain thinks, I'm going to be healed. I'm going to feel better. I'm going to, my body is going to react to this medicine. And even though there's no medicine, the, the people taking the placebo, they're still feeling better. Their bodies are getting more healthy. Many research has shown this. It's called the placebo effect because people believe that what they're taking it's going to help them. Their, their mind is convinced that it's going to help them and so it actually does help. Um, so mind over matter, it's the, in the dictionary it says the, the use of willpower to overcome physical problems. Uh, there was a, a website called Therapist Pages that I've never gone to before but you can check it out. It's, it was talking about different reasons that we might have mind over matter, talking about Traffic or different issues we had, but what they're, what they're talking with their def definition, they said, um, your mind can overcome any situation. They said, in other words, your thoughts are more powerful, or powerful enough to overcome any obstacles that may arise. It's, it's more than just your thoughts. It can also refer to one's own will. So our mind can think, I'm going to feel better about a situation or I'm going to get better and our body feels better. Now, why, why am I talking about this so much? Well, it's because we're going to be looking at what, what Peter wrote. What Peter wrote in First Peter chapter 4 today. And before we open the Word, I would like to just uh, to pray. <clears throat> Lord, we thank You for these ancient words that are ever-changing us And they are changing how we view this world, how we think about you, Jesus, how we trust you. And Lord, we thank you that your words are true and they're powerful. And so Lord, we just ask that as we open your word today, that you, you, through your word, would change us to be more and more like you. Lord, I pray for those that are in a committed relationship to you, that we would grow closer and feel more ready to obey and be obedient to your word. For those that haven't committed or are still thinking about exploring who you are, Jesus, I pray that you would your spirit would draw them close to you today. And even to make a decision to to trust you with their life. We pray this in, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to ask you to open your Bibles to First Peter chapter four. And as we've gone through First Peter, the first three chapters so far. There's been a lot of themes in this in this that Peter has been talking about to the persecuted believers. Peter is the disciple that was the one that was ready to jump out of the boat when Jesus was walking on the water. He was the one that was always ready to, to do the action, ready to be all in. And even meant that he was when it was time for Jesus to die, he was running away. And then when people asked him, hey, do you know that guy? He said no. He denied Jesus. But yet, Jesus restored Peter. And, and Peter became the rock that the church started on. And, and the rock of Jesus. And, and Peter writes in this letter about how we are, as, even, though, even though whatever's happening in our life, we should be choosing joy and having our hope In the Lord having our hope in Jesus Christ living a holy life living as chosen and precious knowing that Jesus is chosen and precious and and we are to live in a way that shows people the hope that we have the hope that even if this world and even if this life is is not going the way we want it to not is 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 we're having problems physical problems um, Whatever the case is, that we have our trust in Jesus. And when we trust Jesus and we are kind to others, and we're submitting to people even when they're falsely accusing us or mean, when we're when we're being kind to each other, it shows people the hope that we have. The hope that we have is not shifting, it is firm. Jesus is the cornerstone, Peter says. All right, so that's a lot of the background. But we're going to read from 1 Peter 4, the first couple, first three verses here. And so it says in, in verse 1, Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body. Pause, pause. Um, therefore, and every time you see therefore, you always need to think, why is therefore therefore, right? What is it there? So Peter is, is trying to, he's just talking, this last part is all about how how Jesus suffered. And how, as, as people of, that trust in Jesus, we should be looking to Jesus for our hope. Right? Um, doing God's will. And, and so, keeping in mind, so right away he says, therefore, since Christ suffered in his body. So thinking about that, that image of Christ's suffering, how he was rejected, how he was how he was put to death. How he willingly sacri- was this little sacrifice, the Lamb of God. Thinking about that, it says this Since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves. Arm yourselves with what? Arm yourselves also with the same attitude the attitude of Jesus. Because he who has suffered in the body is done with sin. As a result, this person does not live the rest of their earthly life for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. For you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. All right, so Peter is, is showing the believers. He's, he's calling the believers to do this easy but, easy but hard thing to do. He's saying, arm yourself with the mindset of Jesus. Arm yourself with the mind, how Jesus had an attitude that he was the suffering Savior. You know, that, that's the theme of the whole Gospel of Mark, that Jesus was is the suffering Savior. And Mark and Peter had a very close relationship. Many, many think that Peter um, told Mark all the stories, and all the, everything, and, and Mark was the one that wrote it down. But, but Peter is, is reminding us that Jesus is the suffering Savior. That Jesus came and He lived a perfect life, but He was rejected. And He died... A sinner's death. A, sin, a criminal's death. And he died to, sh- to give us life. And, and so Peter's telling us that's the mindset Jesus had. That's the mindset as, as a believer in Christ we are to have. He says arm yourselves with that. Why do you think we're supposed to have that mindset of, that mindset of Jesus? Because we are Jesus' followers. If you choose Jesus if you live a life in relationship with Jesus, then let's live with Jesus' mindset. And actually, before we get into the first point, let's talk about the main idea today. The main idea today is when the church, when as the body of Christ, has God's mindset that God's will will be done. So when we have As a collective church, not just East Bend, but all churches, when we have this mindset that we have this attitude of Jesus, no matter what happens, whatever our circumstances are, our mindset is what did Jesus do? And how did he think? And why did he suffer? Why did he do that? He did it out of love. And our mindset should be this mindset. And notice what it says in in verse 2. That actually, in verse 1, that because he who has suffered in the body is done with sin. When, when we have this mindset that we are, whatever happens, we are trusting Jesus for the results. We're not fighting back, we're not holding grudges, we're trusting Jesus, and we're having this mindset on, of God, of Christ. When we do that, Peter says that we're done with sin. Now now, let's just be careful. We're not, he's not saying we're not ever going to sin. What he's trying to say is, what I believe he's trying to say, is that our body, our bodies are no longer, like what it said in verse two, it's no, it's no longer living for, the, for evil human desires. Our body feeds off of our, our flesh, feeds off of our willpower, what are, are off of our desires. And if our desires are doing evil, doing sin, being, doing whatever we want apart from God, then our body is going to feast on those things and do these things. And, and he gives a list of the things that, that we maybe used to do. Now, maybe, it's, maybe some of us look at this list and say, well, I didn't do those kind of things. That's pretty, that's pretty wild. That's pretty crazy. The fact is, whether you were, did these kind of things or other kinds of things, we, all sin separates us from God. All sin is putting a distance between us and the Lord. And so what Peter is saying here is that when our bodies are suffering and we're still choosing to do what God wants us to do, to think about how Jesus thought having that mindset that that mind over matter that our bodies are then done with these evil desires it's kind of like when we fast when fasting is a spiritual practice and when we fast we say no to our desire to be filled with food and that seems crazy why would anyone want to do that but what it does is it shows, it shows our body who's in charge. That our body doesn't make decisions. And I think Peter is trying to say a similar thing. Our bodies are going to be feasting on whatever the desire is that we want to do. And if we are suffering, when we are rejected, when we are going to do whatever is not, a, not what we want to do, and we're saying, I'm doing what God is, in my mind, I'm doing, I'm choosing to trust Jesus. When when we're taking that mindset, whatever's happening to our body, the sin is is not being fed anymore, and it starts going away. And so the lifestyle sin problems that, that we can often be entangled with, those things it says here, our bodies are done with. And so our point, our first point today, is that we can have victory over our flesh. Our flesh wants us to it wants to be in charge. But when we have this mindset of Christ, this mindset that whatever happens, we are doing what Jesus wants, and we are in our mind trusting Jesus over trusting self. Paul writes a lot about this in Galatians 5 when he talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And he gives this list, but he also gives these lists of the things that the flesh wants to do. And he says at the end of that list of the fruit of the Spirit, he says those who, have belo- those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh in its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us be feeding on the spirit let's be feeding on what what jesus and his spirit wants us to let's have victory over our flesh sound good <laughs> yeah it sounds good to not not have these and it doesn't mean we're not going to be tempted but we're gonna have victory in the small things and then that's going to lead to victory in the rest of our life now let me just be really clear Having a mindset of Christ does not bring us to Christ. It's, it doesn't, our works, what we do doesn't save us, right? It's not what we do, it's not how we think, but those are important things. What saves us is only Jesus Christ. And, and so let's not try to have the mindset of Christ and then, and then do what Christ wants so that we can be saved. That's really dangerous. Let's, let's, we're not there. Let's... Let's believe first we come to Jesus. He's, he's pursued us. We trust Him. And then we, we have that mindset. We say mind over matter. It doesn't matter what the circumstances in our life. We're going to choose to have the mindset. We're arming, like what Peter says, we're arming ourselves with a mindset of Jesus. And that's going to lead to victory over our flesh. So we choose this mindset of Jesus no matter how we feel. And notice that That Peter says that we have chosen for long enough, we've chosen these other things. We've chosen what the the pagans or the the Gentiles, the non-Christians, we've we've chosen those things long enough. No longer choose those things, let's choose the mindset of Jesus. Then he continues in verse 4. In verse 4, He's talking about these people that were living this way, that, that still are living this way, in those, in living in those lifestyle sins. And he says, they think it's strange that you do not plunge into them, into these sins, these lifestyle sins. They think it's strange of you that you don't plunge into them with the same flood of dissipation. And, and what they do is they heap insults and abuse on you. You don't join in their reckless living, their wild living, and so what do they do? They're against you. They're against me. These, These people, a lot of them maybe are our friends. Maybe they're people that we used to go to school with or currently in school with, depending on your age. Maybe they're people that you used to work with or you do work with. They're family. No matter what kind of people these are, these are people that you ran in their circles and did things with. And they are living a life that is not what Peter is wanting us to live. Holy and pleasing to God. And so, when we have come and we've chosen Christ and we've given our heart to Jesus and we say, Jesus... Cleansing of my sin. I'm yours. You're my Lord. I choose you. When we say those things and, we, and we, our hearts are changed, we, it says in, in 2 Corinthians that we are a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old is gone and the new has come. And when we have turned our hearts to Jesus, the, the people in our relationships, the people that we know, they, they sometimes aren't excited for us. And especially if they were involved in in doing fun, reckless, wild, crazy, I shouldn't say fun, but just that lifestyle things, and then you're no longer doing that, they they can start feeling that you're judging them, that you're better than them. That it makes them feel kind of guilty that they still do it. And so they start getting mad at you. Come on, just keep, keep coming with us. It's not that big a deal. Just, you know, they, they still want you to participate. And you say, no, I, I won't do those things. Come on, please. You know, sinfulness likes company. I'm sure we, a lot of us can relate to that. People living in sin want others to join in. They want you to, to be with them. You know, there's, there's kind of like a, a brotherhood or, you know, a sisterhood of people that do those kind of things and, they, and they're like, kind of like family sometimes. But they're, I mean, I'm thinking of like gangs and things like that where they, you know, they, they help each other out, but they're doing things that are, that are wrong. And when someone steps out and says, sorry, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus, and, and their, their heart is to teach people and show people about Jesus those same people are going to be mad. And I don't know if we've experienced that, but these same people, they want you to keep joining in. They want you to keep living the way they want to live. You know, especially in, in school, middle school, high school, there's a lot of peer pressure. A lot of kids are, are doing wrong things, not because they really want to do the wrong things, but because they want to feel liked, they want to feel accepted. And that can be even for adults too. That, that peer pressure can, can happen. That peer pressure does happen in the office. Well, you don't, well, you don't do this, you don't do that. What, what's wrong with you? You, don't, you know? So I'm just wondering, is there, is there a time that you've felt this way? Think about this. Is there, is there a time that you have felt rejected? that you felt mistreated, you felt that people are abusing and heaping abuse on you, like Peter says. Think about that. Our second point today is that that when we have this mindset of Christ, when we have this mindset where we are choosing Jesus, we're choosing to live in His way, think like Him, obey like Him, it's going to lead to rejection from the world. And the world doesn't just mean people way out there. Sometimes the world is people close to you. It's going to lead to rejection. How has your faith changed the way that you approach relationships with people that don't trust Jesus? If, you've, if you are new in Christ Jesus, sometimes those relationships... Are, are not good anymore because they, people want you to join in. They want you to be like them. Right now, media says in their discussion guide about First Peter, they say, they ask this question, what are some ways that people have been surprised by your choice to not join them in your lifestyle? And they say, this is why our hope must be in Christ rather than in our circumstances. Even when we strive to, to live holy and obedient lives, we are prone to experience abuse from those around us. And if our hope is in those relationships or in any other temporary thing, it will fail us. End quote. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. Our hope is not in relationships and people yes people are eternal so we need to be reaching people but when people are choosing to live in the world to live in sin to be rejecting of jesus yes we are to reach them we are to be a witness to them but that's not where our hope is our hope isn't in those relationships our hope is in jesus And so what does it say about these people? Peter talked about how these people are heaping insults and heaping abuse on you. And then he he says what happens to them. He says in verse 5, for they will have to give an account to him who's ready to judge. Who's ready to judge? Jesus. They're going to have to give an account to Jesus who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this reason for this is the reason the gospel was preached even to those who are now dead so they might be judged according to men in regard to the to the body but to live according to god in regard to the spirit so everyone's going to face judgment and if you trust in jesus christ and if you are in a relationship with jesus christ there is no fear in that judgment we don't have to worry about our sins because Jesus has taken our sins to the cross and we have asked for forgiveness and we continue to ask for forgiveness and we continue to, to live a life that's, that's working towards being more like Jesus. Not on our own strength, but with His Spirit. Living a life towards holiness. And these people are going to have to give an account. And so our hope is in Jesus, but we can also be praying for these people when they're abusing us, when they're upset at you, when they're rejecting you. Our prayer is for these people to also find Jesus, find their hope in Jesus. And the way that we live is going to show them Jesus, or it's going to show them religion, or it's going to show them something. But we want them to see Jesus. And having that mindset in Christ is going to help us to show them Jesus, like especially what Peter is saying in, in chapter 3 and now in 4. And then he says in verse 7, the end of all things is near. Therefore, if the end of all things are near, if, if things are, you know, live, to, live today like it could be your last, therefore be clear-minded. Be clear-minded. Be clear. Sober-minded. Why? Why should we do that, Peter says? So we can, so we may pray. Have you guys you guys think about that? We need to be clear-minded, sober-minded. So that we can pray. that to me that sounds like kind of well, we can pray anytime. Why do we have to be clear-minded? Why do we have to be like thinking about the end of all things is near? Why do, like we can just pray anytime? Yes, we can, and that's very true. We need to be praying. Paul says that we should be praying at all times. That sounds like, that sounds tiring, but it's it's the way that we live, is our our prayer. And and if if we are clear minded, we are having sober mindedness, and we're thinking about how Jesus and his attitude of, of suffering, that he didn't deserve to suffer, but he still did. And we maybe think we don't deserve this abuse and we don't deserve rejection and we don't deserve the way that people treat us. But they are. They're doing it. So we can't change the circumstance. Let's not try. What we need to do is go to Jesus. And that's why we need to be having a clear mind that's thinking and praying, Jesus, show me how to live for You. Show me, even when, even when my body is weak, even when I don't know how to, to take another step, even when I don't know how to respond the way that You want me to respond, even when I'm being yelled at, even when I'm feeling rejected, whatever is happening in our life, we need to be praying, having that mindset of Jesus, not defending ourselves, Not trying to get back at people. Not, you hurt me, so I'm going to hurt you. No, the mindset of Jesus is the way of love. And not worldly love. The love is a choice. It's a choice. It's not a feeling. It's a choice that we choose to be showing love, the love of Jesus to others. And so this is what Peter says in in verse 8 here. He said, so thinking about this, that we can, so we need to keep track of what our mind is. Clear-minded so we can pray. And then he says, above all, so that sounds kind of important, doesn't it? Above all, love each other deeply. Because love covers a multitude of sins. Now, there's a lot that Peter, there's a lot of times that Peter talks about love in this in this letter. And he keeps saying, he keeps talking about how we, as believers in Jesus, need to show love. We need to show love to each other. He says in, in 1 Peter 1.22, now that you have pur- purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. Okay, he's kind of saying that again. In chapter 2, 17, he says, show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. In chapter 3, verse 8, he says, finally, all of you be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, and be compassionate and humble. He's saying it in every chapter. Now, you know, he wasn't writing in chapters, but he's saying it over and over. Love each other. Love each other. Love each other deeply. This is why is it so important? Why does he say above all? Like that, above all? Shouldn't we like trust Jesus? Yeah, we should. But when we trust Jesus, we're accepting his love. We're embracing his love, and then what are we doing with his love? We're just keeping it to ourselves, right? No. We're <laughs> we supposed to say no. <laughs> no, we don't keep Jesus' love to ourselves. We pass it on. We show people his love. We experience Jesus' love and we, conti- we let it flow from us. Peter says, love each other deeply. It's above everything we need to do, think about when we th- have that mindset of Jesus Christ, we're going to love with Jesus' love. And our third point today is that we serve with His grace. When we have that mindset, when we have a mindset of Jesus and how He was rejected and how He suffered... And even no matter what our circumstances are, we have that mindset of Jesus Christ, that sober, clear minded thinking, praying about what Jesus wants us to pray, what, what Jesus, we are connected to the vine, we're connected in Jesus. That's going to lead to serving with His grace. And serving with His grace looks like a lot of things, and Peter lays a whole bunch of these things out. He says, Love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Love, when we love each other, we're, it's going to cover up the, the other things that, that get in the way of relationships, the, the brokenness. So let's, let's show each other love. It says then also offer hospitality and do it without complaining and grumbling. Don't just do it because I'm telling you to do it, Peter says. Do it because That's what your heart is. That you want to love people. That you want to offer hospitality to people and show kindness. He says in verse 10, that each should use whatever gifts that you've received to serve others. Peter says lots of times we need to be blessing people that that are against us. We need to be praying for people that are mistreating you. When In whatever relationship you're in, we need to be showing them the hope of Jesus. And here he says that we need to serve others. Whatever gift we have, whatever gift that Jesus has given us but through His Spirit, let's use it to bless others and serve others. And, and it says, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. We, as faithful stewards of God's grace, Let's give generously to people. Love, service, compassion. Let's give kindness. Let, let's give hospitality. Let's, give, let's show people Jesus by the way we give and bless and serve out of His grace. And then in, in verse 11... This is really a challenging verse here. A lot of these are very challenging, but it says, if anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. When you speak, are you speaking the words of God? Trick question. Uh, I don't know. Am I? I don't know. Every time I speak, am I speaking the words of God? Well, the the answer is probably not. (laughs) Right? But he says, if anyone speaks, they should be. They should be speaking the way that God wants you to speak. You should be blessing. You should be encouraging people, helping with your words, and and giving advice to people. Not putting people down and insulting and heaping abuse. No, let's be people that bless with our words. And then, so he talks about how we're supposed to bless with our words the words of God. And then it says, if anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides. So we we use our words the way that Jesus wants us to use our words. How do we do that? We have a mindset of Jesus. We're connected in prayer to Jesus through His Spirit. And then when we serve, we do it in the strength, that He provides, not our own strength. I need to hear this one sometimes. I, I want to do it out of my own strength. But Peter says, no, do whatever you do, however you serve, whatever you are involved with, don't use your own strength. Use the strength that the Spirit gives you. He's going to give you strength. The Spirit of Jesus gives us Wisdom and gives us strength, gives us the words. So he says, use the words of Jesus, use the strength of Jesus, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. Is our life, the way we talk and the way we act, is that reflecting Jesus Christ? And then he ends this, this section here. Kind of like a prayer. To Him be the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Peter wants us, he wants believers, no matter our circumstances, to trust Jesus. No matter what our body says, we obey our, what our mind, that we have the mind of Jesus, the mindset of Jesus, so that wh- whether we serve whether we speak, whatever we're doing, we do it in the name of Jesus and we do it for the praise of Jesus and the glory of Jesus. It's not for my glory or your glory or or the glory of East Bend. It's for the glory of Jesus Christ. Because ultimately that's what we want. We want the Lord to be praised. We want Him to receive the glory. We want people to know Him. We want to lift high His name. And Peter is saying a lot of these things throughout the letter. In in chapter 3, verse 12, he says, live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day He visits. Even when people say you're doing wrong things and you're involved in all kinds of bad things, they're going to see the way you live, that you trust God and you have your hope in Him and they're going to say, oh, wow. These people, even though I've accused them of doing wrong, other people are going to say, no. They trust Jesus. And they give glory to Jesus. That's what we want. So having this mindset of Christ leads to victory over flesh. It, it leads to rejection from the world. And it leads to serving people with his grace with the grace of jesus jesus graciously gave himself to us are we graciously giving ourselves to others you know i would hope and my prayer is that as a church we we put on this mindset of jesus we put on this this desire to be in communion with Jesus, to have this attitude of Jesus, and whatever our circumstances are, we do what God wants us to do, and that's our main idea today. Is as a church, when we have this mindset, this God's mindset, God's will will be done. He's going to use us in great ways. He's going to use us individually and collectively. When we have this mindset of trusting Jesus and renewing our mind and, and choosing that no matter what happens, we trust and obey Jesus. Then all glory goes to Him. And His will is done. Isn't that what we want? If we say, Lord and Master, Savior, then we say, you're in charge. It's not us that... We don't call the shots. We say, you're our Lord. You tell us. You show us. And the way that we can learn what He wants is to be connected to Him and have that mindset of Him and be in prayer. And He shows us what He wants. And He gets the glory. Imagine what it would look like if we we all just said, let's do that. Let's be all in. Now, it's not going to be on our own strength. It's going to be on... Surrendering fully to Jesus. And sometimes I, I feel like we can be all in with Jesus, but not really all in. Sometimes I've, I've, felt, or I've noticed in my life that there's times and areas of my life that I have not surrendered to Jesus. I've not surrendered to, the, to His Lordship. And so I just want to invite you as we close today... I want to invite you to, to think about where am I not surrendered to Jesus, and maybe just ask the Holy Spirit, show me where I need to, to say you 're in charge, give me the mindset of you, show me how to be all in with you and be armed with the mindset of Jesus maybe Maybe that means this week, you take a day of fasting, and you just say "No to myself. "No to my flesh." I don't care how hungry I get that day or how hungry, or whatever it is um, in a meal or whatever. You're saying no to yourself to your flesh, so you, can, so you can be fully surrendering to the Lord. Maybe that means being intentional, having. Time with Jesus in the morning or in the evening on a walk take that time and just really ask the Lord to give you his mind his mindset to trust him and to do what he wants you to do no matter the circumstance so I'll just give you give you a moment to think and pray about those things Lord Jesus we need you We need to have your mindset so that whatever we face in a day or a week or a month or a year, that we are armed with you, armed with your attitude. And so Jesus, I just ask that today we can just identify what it looks like this week to arm ourselves with your mindset and your attitude. Lord, I pray that we would be people that collectively choose your ways collectively and individually choose to be connected to you in prayer through the reading of your word through spiritual formations or or disciplines whatever it means for us Lord we just pray that you would you would show us your love and that we would not hold on to it we would people that give your love to others, having the hope in you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please join.